independent, got my own. And I'm so bossy. And I'm and I'm so bossy. Friends and welcome back to another episode of Your Bossiest Friend, the podcast with your bossiest friend, B. Milan Mobley. You guys can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at B. Milan Mobley. That's C-H-E-E-M-I-L-A-N-M-O-B-L-E-Y. If you are new listening to Your Bossiest Friend, the podcast, welcome, welcome, welcome. We are so happy and excited to have you a part of the boss gang. I know you're going to love it here. If this is your first episode, stop what you're doing. Go back and listen to seasons one through three. This is season four, Empire State of Mind. So if you haven't listened to seasons one through three yet, you are definitely not ready for the Empire State of Mind conversation. Today on the show, I have my girl, Tayani Tellers. So the running joke is, we're going to be like, Tayani Tellers, because of her last name. But all jokes aside, and being really serious, the conversation that we're going to have today, I know it's going to really put you guys on your toes and give you a broader perspective on what you can do to expand your empire by utilizing what you have around you. So just keep that in mind. Like I said, I hope you guys are ready for an amazing episode. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. We're not going to do a long introduction today because I really just want to dive in. Next couple conversations that we're going to be having on the show, I just want to dive straight in. Like I would cut the introduction, but I have to do it for the sake that we have new people coming and listening every week. Oh, and if you guys are not following our Instagram and in our community, make sure you follow. Don't do anything else. Pause this episode and go follow your bossiest friend. That's us on Instagram. It's so much stuff there. So many resources and tools are going to be dropping outside of the podcast. So you don't want to miss it. But no more waiting. Let's get to the show. I'm independent, got my own. And I'm so bossy. And I'm, and I'm so bossy. Hey, boss friends, and welcome back. As I told you, I have my girl, Tiani Tellers, in the building today. Yes, I told y'all. Y'all heard the joke I made in the beginning when I said something like, Tiani Tellers. <laughs> you should just have the perfect name. <laughs> but she's in the boss's seat today. As you know, Tiani has her hand in many, 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 many pots, and she does it effortlessly. But but I think the most thing, most important thing about her, she does it with intention. And that was our word for 2020, intention. Yes. So everything about her is intentional. So I couldn't help but to bring her on for our Empire State of Mind um, conversation. So, Tiani, welcome to your bossiest friend of the podcast. You're in the boss's seat. And one thing that I have all my bosses do is tell about yourself, brag on yourself, because we can never, you know, let a bio just do us do us justice we gotta really shine our light and really show the people who we are so tell us who is. Yeah. oh my god I am super excited to be on today's podcast thank you again for putting me in the other chair because as you know like I'm usually the interviewer and not the interviewee but I appreciate it because it gives me an opportunity to um, shed my light and my experience with other entrepreneurs who may not have gotten that chance to really feel me through, you know, my talks with um, other people and in general, just going um, on my social media page. Um, as she mentioned, I do have my hands in a lot of pots. I am your entrepreneur. Currently today, I run three businesses and I wouldn't say I do it effortlessly but I do have I have learned um how to delegate and how to just set trying to grow you're trying to 
have three successful businesses, where can you implement, you know, what they call help? Like, and for an entrepreneur, it's very hard for us to do that. And I'm pretty sure we're going to talk about that later. However, though, um, I have been in business five years. My first business was Posh Simplicity. That was um, my networking back in 2015, where I solely did nothing but networking events. Um, I also hosted events every quarter. We started our retreats back in 2015. So I'm not new to the networking field. Um, actually, as my networking business grew, that's how I ended up growing my marketing agency, uh, which today is known as Intentional Investments and Solutions. Um, from there, I, you know, taught and have serviced over 250 small business owners. I have partnered with Microsoft um, and several different business ventures. Um, as you mentioned, I do have my own podcast, Posh Talks um, podcast as well, where we do intentionally focus on self-love, self-care. And that's in all facets of your personal life and your professional life. Um, because you can never love on your two yourself enough in both areas of your life. And then on top of that, I do have my still my networking group, um, which is Posh Talks Podcast, which we do go on annual retreats, um, Posh Fast Retreats every year where we can release and refuel uh, one another in different areas of the world. Those are the things that I look forward to. But um, like I said, I am an advocate for self-love. I am an advocate for self-care. And as I've grown over time uh, within all of my businesses, I have learned my biggest purpose. And we can tap into that a little bit later. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. Like I told y'all, she has her hand in so many pots, but I think that's a key thing about entrepreneurship, right, is having your hand into multiple sources of income, because ideally, if you just had that one business focus, like with you doing marketing and me doing PR, we just had our hands just there solely, right, really, right? So let's talk about the actual conversation of multiple streams of income, because that's one thing right. I always say, like, you just do PR, and I'm like, well, inside of my public relations agency, I also offer e-products. I also offer marketing and, and social media. So with you doing investments and solutions under the marketing space, how did you decide like it was time to scale and add more services? Because that's the big thing many people don't know how to do and when to do it. Right. Okay. So I'm going to be straight up honest with you all. In the beginning, I tried to have this one business and a whole lot of umbrella businesses. And that's typically what you're taught in the beginning of a, you know, in the beginning when you're starting out is to have this one company, but offer, you know, several different components under it. And that works well when all of your messaging for each brand matches. With Intentional Investments and Solutions, um, I knew early on that it had to be its own standalone brand for it to be very successful. Um, as far as Intentionally Posh, I could still have that as an umbrella business because as I mentioned in the beginning, um, I knew my messaging and it was very clear who I was servicing. Intentionally Posh was just my networking group. It was for female entrepreneurs um, to have a safe space to come together to connect, collaborate, and cultivate relationships. That's solely what it was. The podcast came about because I wanted to also highlight individuals who were on the same 
playing field, not playing field as me, but also had the same messaging, but may have been more advanced in business, may have been starting out in business. So it gave still my community um, those different facets and phases of um, different people and their journey in entrepreneurship. And then when it came to podcast retreats, I was like, you know, my messaging solely, I don't just give, I'm not just creating safe spaces. I'm also creating confidence. I'm also creating self-love. You know, I'm helping people find themselves because like I always um, preach to even my clients personally, if you do not have confidence in what you're doing, you don't have, you know, self-love or understanding enough to know that this is going to work, it's going to fail. And I hate to be that direct, but people see through how you show up. And if you're not confident in your services if you're not confident in what you're producing then it's going to show up so i need you to be the best version of you so when you do step out here and you want to get one sale a day that you can move past that day and go into tuesday and dominate your market so um with that i knew essentially posh i had the opportunity to leverage to have umbrella businesses so posh talks podcast um and Posh Pass Retreats could sit under there because it all streamlined together. Now, when it came to intentional investments and solutions, I was servicing a whole different type of client. My clients were already grossing 150K plus a year. So their, their needs and their wants were much different than the community that I was servicing where I was trying to tell them, you know, love yourself. Not saying that I couldn't give them the same things, but they're coming to me like, listen, I have a business. It's already doing this. I'm trying to go here. So they were trying to scale. These people were still trying to elevate, you know, so, and it's nothing wrong with, but you have to know what, um, take what I was trying to do this business model and intentional investments and solutions and use it over here and intentionally posh because you were not these people over here were not ready for the information that I was giving to this group over here so when it comes to scaling and knowing what I call pivoting in your business because you can absolutely still be successful you just have to know how to do that you have to know what to step away and start delegating so you that was key. You have to delegate. And that's the problem that entrepreneurs have, especially when it's your baby. Like, we understand, like, that's your baby. And the people you need help, and it's like, oh, I have to relinquish these rights. This one is like your relinquishing your mother, your rights <laughs> to somebody else. But it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Right. And scaling is an amazing thing. Right. What are some important items that you think people should consider? as their business grows because of course yeah. consider the fact that you have to delegate but there's other factors in there that you really have to consider as it's growing what you need to okay so the best the biggest thing you need to know in your business is your financials like in order to grow or scale you need to know like what your numbers look like and typically a lot of entrepreneurs, they don't know their numbers. And it's no shade to anybody because at the end of the day, what you don't, what you're not taught, you really don't know. And I um I kind of try to get away from the messaging when people are like, well, Google is out there. 
Well, that's true, but you Google is giving you a broad spectrum of information and it's not really tailored to your business or your business model or where you're trying to go. So Google can tell you everything you need to know, but it might not be substantial enough for where you're trying to grow. Because some people might just be trying to scale and get to phase two. Some people are trying to scale because they have the capital and they're trying to get to phase 10. So depending on your financial metrics and what you're bringing in, you want to know Number one, can you afford to scale? Because scaling requires, scaling is not just saying that you're gonna go and open up a storefront. You've been doing stuff in your home, now you're gonna go open up a storefront. No, scaling is actually, you saying that my business is open and ready for more business while still keeping the same um, accuracy when it comes to shipping, if you provide shipping. Um, when it comes to providing the same type of experience that you, uh, that you um, currently provide your current customers the same experience. So when you're scaling, you're factoring in more than just opening up a new business. You're opening up the doors for more business, but still keeping that consistency that you have um, already currently in your brand. Another thing that I would say to consider with um, scaling is, do you have the support? Um, Again, support is very important because if you're starting to take on more clients or if you're in a product, um, if you're in a product business like I am, you want to make sure that you also have enough support when it comes to shipping and packaging. You know, um, when I decided to recently launch Posh Luxury Lab, I had to consider whether or not that was a good choice right now being in the space that I am currently, it's Corona going on. Um, my business model has had to pivot because of Corona in itself. Um, and then on top of that, did I have the support that I needed to make sure that I was really full fledged into this business as I am these businesses that I currently have. And a lot of times, um, when you're scaling or you're pivoting, regardless of the two, um, you want to make sure that you have enough support, because like you said, you don't want your business to go from a plus ratings to, you know, Oh, now you don't have satisfied customers. Your loyal customers are feeling neglected. Um, you don't have that space in your business anymore where you can still build relationships. Now it's becoming impersonable. Um, so there are many factors that you want to consider when it comes to um, scaling or pivoting in your business because you want to make sure how can I streamline all of my services, my products, my offerings without interrupting what is already there. That's a good point. And a lot of brands, as they shift, they don't know how to properly shift because where your brand is today isn't where it is tomorrow. That's a fact. Right. And that requires a lot. Like, I always tell this story, and I'm, just, I'm always so embarrassed to tell it. When I first made Emanuel's website, it looked like a newspaper ad. And that's because I was thinking too literal into my business, right? I'm thinking public relations. So if this is public relations, if this is media, then it has to look like I'm doing media. So I thought that I was supposed to have a new tip website. Then I had this ugly logo. Oh my God, the logo was so ugly, but I needed a logo. You know, was, I was new to business. I didn't really know the ins and outs. Like, okay, find a great graphic designer to do this, that, and the third to make it look how you want it to look. So I made my graph. I think I made it on PowerPoint. I made my logo on PowerPoint. So of course it was pixelated. It was just bad. Like everything was just really immature. So when I I look at the website today and I'm always so hard on myself. I'm never satisfied. I don't think any 
real entrepreneurs truly ever satisfied with how things look but I was just like okay I, I love what it looks like now I could never imagine it looking how it looked in the beginning and being successful so with you having your skincare brand how and where did you start and was it how you wanted it like were you in love with it were you satisfied like how did you feel when you I'm not going to say I was dissatisfied but I'm never satisfied like even until today I think the, the packaging is cute but it's like it could be cuter um however like you said there is starting points in your business where you have to just i have to remind myself you're testing the market you know you're filling out your brand so you don't want to cash yourself to death like when i first started it was just like no we're not launching this like i didn't want to launch the website i didn't want to launch the packaging because i i was not satisfied with it i did not like the bottles i didn't like how the labels fit the bottles at the time like it was just it wasn't what i wanted and especially with me being in like marketing slash brand, the branding field it was just like you basically are putting your brand on display to say like this is what I do. And it's like, you know, I mean, as an entrepreneur, let's be real. If we're in a certain industry and you say you do financial assistance and you show me your bank account and you have $10 in there, I'm a little scared. Like I'm a little, <laughs> I'm a little worried. Like I'm, I'm going to reconsider if that's what you really do. So I did, um, no, I'm not going to say, like I said, I was dissatisfied. However, um, I'm not, I was not satisfied at the moment and I knew, okay, well, right now, this is your starting part. Let this be your testing of the market. And then whatever you make in your business, just reinvest it and make it what you want it to be. And that's what I've been doing. Um, like I said, I'm not a person where I'm going to go out there and catch myself to death for a new business because you don't know, you don't know, you still need to test the market. You need to see if people really want the products that you have you want to know you want raving reviews so that was my main focus was to make sure that this business actually got out there the way i wanted it and as i was making and generating income i could eventually you know go back and fix the little things that i did not like absolutely and i think it's a fixing game every day right like you're always seeking something about your business you could have changed literally the packaging the labeling yesterday and then today you're like hmm okay in the second quarter of, of 2021 i'm gonna change the boxing like it's always something like, <laughs> and then two seconds later you're like you know what next time i do this i'm gonna do it like this like why like <laughs> and you know the crazy part about that is I literally have down in second quarter, I'm going to change my my, my boxing for my products. <laughs> because I'm just like, no, like, mm, I just know where I want it to be. Exactly. You know exactly what the vision is and you know how great it can be. So when it came down to connecting with your audience, so I know a lot of entrepreneurs and people always ask me like how do I do so many things and not confuse my audience on what I'm doing I think that's a great question because in order to build an empire you do have to know how to have your hands in so many pots but still have it clear and I know that comes down to messaging but outside of messaging let's discuss branding and how you were able to get across like okay yeah I have the skincare yeah I have marketing yeah I have the podcast but not confuse your audience Yes. So like I said, I, number one, I have separate Instagrams for all of my businesses. Um, 
So that gives people the opportunity. If you like this, you can follow this. If you like this, you can follow this. If you don't like this, you don't have to follow it. Um, one, I see a lot of people, what I see a lot of startups do. And like I said, none of this is to shame anybody who's currently doing it, but to give you advice on how to fix it. That way you can better see better progression within your business. Um, I see a lot of people promoting everything on one business page. And that's where I feel like the biggest messaging gets confused because of the simple fact people don't know if they're buying products or they're buying eBooks. So, it, and especially when they're not in the same field. So I would never cross market, you know, my skincare line with um, my marketing services only because I don't want my audience to get confused on where they are and what information they're getting ready to receive because that can be easily confused. People could feel like, well, I'm not in the beauty industry. So this marketing must be for those. And it can easily get confused. So number one, separating your business pages, which I'm pretty sure people have heard over and over again, but just to reiterate, make sure that your business pages are separate. If you do offer multiple things like such as we do. Number two, you need to know how to communicate and how your audience communicates. Um, so everybody, like I told you, for example, and intentional investments and solutions, these are entrepreneurs who are already making 150 K plus a year. So their messaging and what, and how I'm communicating with them is going to be much different. Um, and I have to get creative on how I communicate with them. I have to get creative on how I find them. A lot of people typically who are making that type of money, um, are not hanging up are not hanging out on Instagram all day. They're not, um, they're not on really social that much because they're too much in their business or they're too much trying to grow their business. Now they may pop across Instagram, you know, late at night when they have time. And, um, but, and even if you are um, getting them online, typically it's not them online. You know, they've hired somebody to do their social media or run their social media account. So my messaging and how I communicate with them, needless to say, is much different than someone um, in my other group who is more tech savvy because I'm servicing a different demographic, a different age group, um, who is still social, who is very much in the know with Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, LinkedIn. So those people do hang out on those social sites a little bit more. Um, and I've done that and I've known that by doing just testing with my audience, um, A-B testing. So is my post reaching them more? Is my emails reaching them more? Um, am I communicating with them better via phone? Am I communicating with them be, uh, better via email? Same thing with my other audience. Am I communicating with them better socially? Um, is it in person that gets them? And you have to kind of do A-B uh, split testing, what they call it to see like, how do you best serve your audience? You know, I think everyone thinks it's, oh, make a really cute graphic and post it online. But sometimes it's not just that simple. Um, like I said, my, my emails do better than my social media posts do, honestly. And that's just what works well for my audience and my business model. Um, when it comes to your branding, you want to make sure, because I know you mentioned branding, you want to make sure that your audience, you know, even when you're getting your branding done, I remember in the beginning, I used to have a lot of pink, like, oh my God, I was obsessed with pink. It was my favorite color. It was my favorite color, okay? And I noticed with that, even just with my branding, I was attracting, you know, 
pink is an immature color. I'm gonna just put it out there. It's it's very girly. It's very, um, it's it's just very immature. So I noticed, like, even with my branding, I was attracting a certain type of audience. And I'm like, why am I getting like, you know, these little girls, and why am I? attracting like you know people want to inquire about consultations and I think at the time in the beginning I was on consultations for probably like $50 who knows I can't even remember but I knew it wasn't that expensive and it's just like you don't want to buy it you want everything free so it's just like the messaging was unclear of who I was trying to service even through my branding um my branding was giving off like I was servicing maybe those in high school and college, be starting out college when that's not what I wanted to do. So I had to go back and I had someone, I did hire someone and I'm like, you know, I want to redo my whole brand. Like I still want to keep that flare of pink because it's me, but I also want to, but I do want to make it a little bit more mature um, in a sense of, and if I could find that logo, I'll show you. Cause I think it had pink and gold and glitter. It was like, real real like okay Tiani like you need to you need to elevate your brand so even with um my other brand logos like they're very much different than um my other brands they don't have any pink at all they have it's like black and gold just because you want to make sure that when you're trying to even for me I wanted to reach out to like corporate clients so it was just like um they don't want to see a whole bunch of pink on on letterheads and stuff <laughs> so it was just like you have to be aware of what your audience want and not so much of what you want and that's why I emphasized it was my favorite color because a lot of times typically when we build brands and businesses it was just like okay I like this and I like that but it's like what is your audience like and what do they need from you that's good. That's real good. As you were saying, I was looking around because y'all know my well, my brand colors um, are rose gold, um, gray, and black. So, and that yeah. was sweet because I was battling with that in the beginning. I love. I have a love hate with pink, right? Because pink is one of my favorite colors. Even though lavender is my first favorite color, pink is definitely like in the running. Like it's like second, second, right? <laughs> but I was like, okay, pink. But I was never gung ho on making the brand like hot pink or this. I needed something that was very luxury and you know your rose gold color is very right in its lens so I was like okay if I do rose gold I can deal with the grays and the blacks and the whites you know it can it can be that under right. color so I, I agree like you really have to pay attention to the color scheme because certain colors are girly certain colors are one-sided one it does not represent a male representation it does not represent right women have to look at the color code and the color scheme and say okay on what spectrum of pink like you said can I go maybe it is a plush pink where it's yes. on the softer side where I can still incorporate bolder colors but you do have to consider that in your business you have to understand that when you're doing messaging and communicating your brand's voice you do have to look at every single aspect so I yes. think that was good for sure yes and then another thing is too um that was a problem I had too because men were wanting to work with me like they literally was emailing me but they was like I'm most certain that you only work with women and in my head I'm like no I don't but it's just like that's what you're giving off like and you may be missing out on your audience because my my thing was lack of knowledge in the beginning uh, when I was starting out I did not you know do much research um I knew that I had the information. I knew that I had 
um, the resources, but it was just like, I built my brand around me. And I quickly found that I was missing out on money. And like I, like you said, your messaging is completely off when you, you know, you have people emailing you and saying, oh, I want to work with you, but I'm sure you just only do this. And it's just like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, let's go back to the drawing board because, you know, that's a client that you're missing out. But really, realistically, a man doesn't want to, like I said, he doesn't want all of his information coming in on pink templates and letterheads and stuff like that. Because as a man, you want to feel still masculine. You know, you don't want to feel like, you know, you're working not saying a woman's brand, but in so many words, it's just, it's, it's very touchy. Yeah. You know, you still want that masculine feel when you're still working with a company, so. And it's not to say, boss friends, like you can't, if you want to work with women, that's fine. Like that's your sole focus. Yeah. Fine. Um, but what I will say, and I'm pretty sure Tiana will back me up on this one, when you do reach out to those corporate partnerships and stuff, in that instance, if it is a, like a male CEO in charge or somebody that's making a suggestion, a man, you really have to look at their corporate social responsibility. You have to look at their overall and to see maybe they are lacking a woman presence. So that's what yes. you're coming. But if it's an all-male thing and they're not interested in targeting women, then no, just leave it alone. Leave it alone. And I mean, it's simple things that you can change. But like I said, pretty when you start pretty much working with corporate clients and you start pitching, um, they already pretty much know who they want to work with. And if they're trying to target more women, um, they're going to let you know that up front. So you know, okay, my job and my pitch is going to have to be on how I can bring and attract more women. Um, for a lot of male businesses, that is a thing where um, they try to target more women than they do men, even though their business is solely for men, because they know that um, they're targeting how they position certain things for most households, not saying all, but for more, most households, they know that women are also included in the decision making. So it's like, you know, if we're getting ready to make a purchase, you know, that's why they always say, bring in your partner, bring, do you, are you married? If you've noticed, and people probably don't pay much mind to it, but you know, if you're buying a new car or you're buying a new house, they always ask like, do you have a spouse or is there anybody who's going to make a decision with you? Bring them with you. And it's like, I have a boyfriend, but I'm not bringing him. <laughs> you know, so it's just me. <laughs> right. It's just me. And it's just like, because they know, um, most of the time it's two people making the decision. So if a company knows that in order for a man to purchase something, it's most likely going to be his wife who's going to assist him or and with the decision-making process, that's opportunity for someone to come in and say, hey, I know how to target more women to, you know, push their men to purchase or push that buying power back into this business. So there are many different ways. You just have to research the company. And before you even go to a company and send them anything, you want to research the company um, just to make sure that you're not sending out the wrong thing that does throw them off with um, without them even considering the proposal that you're giving them. So, Absolutely. And that's where a lot of opportunities are created, research. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what you're doing. And I think that's the biggest part of having and building an empire is knowing how to research because at the end of the day no matter how many people you hire no matter how big your company gets i always believe you're the founder the creator the ceo whomever whatever position you are holding in that company by that point you need to know every working part right i agree 
Yeah, I never wanted to be the CEO that didn't understand accounting. Granted, that's not my specialty. I'm not saying that I'm about Ooh. to read and read these books, but I know that we need right. overhead. I know that, you know, we have projections. Like, I know the certain things and components that will keep this company running that we need to look at. At the end right. of the day, you have to know that. So for you building your empire, what is that one thing that you know, no matter how big it gets, Tayani will never be out of like I like overproduction, overcreating products. What is that one thing that you know that your hand is always gonna be in? Um, I would say probably, probably the production. I am very much as much as I would love to delegate this part of my business. Mm-hmm. I am just a planner, a creator, and I like doing and making things like so. I don't think I would ever give up that part of my business because it's something I actually love to do. Um, as as crazy as it, as it is to say, I would delegate the marketing piece of my business before I delegate, you know, the production part of my business. It's not to say that I don't love marketing. However, um, I've outgrown that part of my business and I'd rather be a teacher and pass that knowledge on to other people as I learn more information, pass that down and build that component of my company like that. But when it comes to production and creating, like that is what gets me on a natural high. Like I love it. Um, And even with all of my recipes and things for my um, product line for Posh Luxury Lab, the skincare line, everything is my recipes. I've made them from scratch. I've went back done um you know remix taking stuff out so for me like that is at this point in the business my baby so it's like um I will get to a point yes where I will get a chemist to come in and you know patent those different recipes and get them to be able to where they can make them in batch quantities you know large quantities versus me having to sit here and constantly mix you know because I do see the business getting that big however um I just always know for this business I wanted everything to be true to me what I use um and I wanted it to be that homegrown feeling like you know I didn't want um any vendors I didn't want to wholesale um because I just knew like this was a business where I literally said okay we're gonna start from the ground up like we're literally going to grow together um you've done it twice let's do it three times so um that probably would be the one thing that i would never give up <laughs> i can feel that i definitely can feel that and it's like i said it's your baby and that's what i'm always battling with just i i'm the creator and i tell my girlfriend this all the time i'm like i'm a creator i just need people to execute it like exactly <laughs> that's it I'm tired of doing both. The execute, the create, and executing. It's It's a one or the other. So before I let you go, I have two more things. And one thing is the most important thing. Self-care. Empire. And I know this is your favorite topic to talk about. It is. How important is self-care? Give us some self-care things that you do just to stay level. Because I was having a conversation with my line sister. She's in skincare as well. Um, I know for you guys at the end of the year, it's kind of like, okay, pushing the last bit of products out before starting the new year. Yes, yes. But she's just like, I'm so tired. She has a nine to five as well. She's getting care. It's just like so many things that she has and she's just like drained and she doesn't have the energy and she's a makeup artist. So oh, God. Makeup artists are trying to do their different faces, the the Christmas fairy, all of those people. So she's like burnt out and it's like, what 
in I guess on the product side because I can always speak on the service based side I'm like right right turn your phone off, don't answer but on the product based side where people are relying on your products and relying on this where does that self-care balance come in and how do you find it to be easy to incorporate um self-care is one of those things that I have like literally embedded in my lifestyle like so self-care to me is just not a movement it's not just a thing where you're feeling down like self-care is 24 7 and it's not always massages it's not always turn off your phone it's not always isolating yourself it's not always you know, doing what you always see people say to do for self-care. Sometimes self-care is just the total opposite. It is surrounding yourself with people that you love. Um, Because for me, self-care is like listening literally to your internal being. What is your body asking for from you? What is your body requesting? What is it needing from you? Sometimes we get so overwhelmed with work. And especially, I know we both can agree that, you know, um, working so much you do isolate yourself unintentionally from people that you love who bring you the most joy and sometimes it's saying okay on this Saturday instead of closing myself into this room I'm going to get out today I'm going to get out I'm not going to do anything I'm going to go hang out with some friends some loved ones I have not seen in a while and you will see how much of a difference you feel when you go back home Sunday and you get ready to enter that Monday. Um, self-care for me sometimes is just like really putting stuff down. When I know I probably shouldn't put stuff down, I do it anyway. Because like I said, to me, it's more of an internal thing than it is a, um, a habit. Um, I think we try to make self-care just about doing things and you know, go get a manicure, go get a massage, go, go out to eat, go buy that one thing that you've always wanted. And sometimes that stuff still doesn't fulfill you because you're not actually head on a nail with what you need. Like sometimes I need more rest. So instead of me waking up and I'm not an early bird at all, guys, like I'm not, I'm not her. <laughs> I go to bed late, <laughs> but I wake, I mean, yeah, I go to bed like super, super late. Um, and I get up super, super late. So for me, getting up is probably eight or nine. And I know some people are like, that's not late. But some people are like literally up at six and five. So um, I commend myself. <laughs> but sometimes it is staying in the bed till 10 and 11 o'clock. And I do that. Um, I might work on my from my phone or my laptop from the bed. You know, I might not, not do anything. But instead of getting up and forcing myself out of bed, sometimes I just sit there. And sometimes I'll journal. I'll listen to music. I'll listen to a podcast from bed. I'll pray. You know, it's different things that I do. But like I said, I'm so big on listening to your body. Now, there's a difference between listening to your body and just being straight up lazy. So um, I don't want people to too much go into the lazy side because at this point, you know, you're just not trying to do anything. You're blaming it on self-care and um you need this and this is what your body is requesting and no it's the exact opposite but um I just try to be more in tune to who I am and what I really need and not overexerting so much in so many areas I think this pandemic has really proven that you can do less and still gain more um and if you if you haven't noticed that you can once we get back into the mojo of you know regular life again and going out and networking because I used to have my schedule jam-packed like last year it was to the point where I can still go back to my calendar and I'm like 
like literally seven days a week from morning to evening, you had something to do. And it's like, that can't be healthy. That can't be healthy. Um, and a lot of things are neglecting in your life. So the best thing I can tell people um, strategically is to go back and look at your life holistically. What do you want to really focus on? And like I do, I do implement massages every month because that is just my thing. Like I, that is, <laughs> that is my thing. Like, um, but it's not the one thing that I rely on to make myself feel better. Um, I make sure that I do make time for friends. I do make sure that I do take Saturdays off for the most part. I don't um, indulge in too much work on Saturdays because, you know, I feel like if I give myself five good days, um, I can have my weekend to myself. And that's if, that's when you set up your business right. Like get your business to a place to where those five days that you're running, you're really running. And those last two days, you can kind of, you know, slow it down and take off and enjoy the fruits of your labor. Because honestly, we're not in business to be machines. Um, we are in business to help other people, uh, fix problems for other people, and also ultimately, you know, grow to a place to where we can take ourselves out the business. At least that's my goal. <laughs> Listen. I, <laughs> no, I feel that. And that, that's me. Like, Saturdays, um, I only work unless I really have to. Like, if it's something yes. I know has to be done, then it's like, okay, like right now it's the end of the year. Well, when we're recording this episode, it's the end of the year, but when you got to it's 2021. So right in this time of recording, I know that I need to get season four of this podcast done. So literally right. every day this week, I literally have two or three interviews every day for the podcast to get it done because I don't want to have to deal with a Saturday in 2021. Right. <laughs> Trying to record, okay? <laughs> I have and to- people, don't, people don't understand what goes on and it goes on or with recording like it's a job and a task itself a podcast is not just record submit like i think in 2021 this is a i guess a, a secret that i'm about to share on here i really want to hire or find someone to do the content creation and i just record yeah yes because i have all i literally have up to 10 seasons mapped out as far as like Topic-wise, I just need somebody to find the people to interview, schedule it, <laughs> let's get it going. Because I show up and sit down. Yeah, I show up, sit down, and just record this thing, and I want to pass off to somebody to edit it, they upload it, and that's it. I don't want to have to do all of it because literally, I know we were having a lot of technical difficulty in the beginning of recording, and the sound may have been off or whatever. That's something I have to now go and find out of a 30, 40-minute episode, edit it out. Just just for one minute. It wasn't even a minute. 20 seconds. 20 seconds. 20 seconds. 20 seconds. So mm-hmm. I agree. And I agree. To have everything else, like you said, on your plate, like going from sun up to sundown seven days a week with everything you have going on, that's draining. You don't have free time. And I think every boss's dream, no matter how you look at it, is to have the perfect life, right? You want to be yes. The- with the family you want the career popping but in order to do that you have to have self-care you have to have personal time um you yeah tired like you know sometimes you <laughs> just like i literally can't like well, that was me and my girlfriend last night <laughs> and i'm like babe i'm so tired and i felt so tired. i was literally so tired like for making sure we eat three times a day so just work yes. My body was just like, 
I just can't. I just can't. Yeah. Agree. Self care. Um, it is just sometimes laying in your bed and sleeping in and not feeling bad about it. Self care is just sitting on your phone and not even thinking about what you have to get done because you do have to have a mental break. I know we say, well, it's so much to be done. It has to get done, but it can't get done if you're done. Right. If I'm in a casket, it's still going to be undone. <laughs> like, <laughs> Okay. So you definitely <laughs> have to find that balance, false friends. So see, before that you go, what does having an empire state of mind mean to you? Oh my God, having an empire state of mind, that is a good question. Like since you've asked me in the beginning, I've still been thinking about it because naturally we want to say it's like having a big mindset and, you know, but it's like literally for me, having an empire state of mind is reaching the peak of what is satisfying to you. You know, um, I think sometimes we overly make things grander than what they have to be you know um and as we both dealt with entrepreneurs everybody doesn't want to be a multi-million dollar business some people want to very well be mom and pop shops who are very successful in serving their community so i think having an empire state of mind is just going as big as you see yourself going and being okay and not comparing yourself to the next individual. Um, having that empire state of mind is just that, like, let's just start normalizing, like, you can be a multimillionaire and I just want to be a thousandaire. And that was the vision that I had when I came into this. And that was the vision that you had. But having that empire state of mind is all like, y'all go big or go home, you know? Don't let somebody tell you that what you're doing is too small. Like if that's your big, let that be your empire and keep it there. For sure. I definitely agree. I love that. that that's good. Because I know somebody who thinks so intricate and so deep into Empire State of Mind. They're like, it's me having a billion dollar corporation. It's <laughs> a penthouse in New York. It's going to be something so strenuous, but it's not. Yeah. All these things, boss friends, I really want you to take into consideration after every episode when I ask our guests what their empire state of mind means to them and really apply that because everyone is saying something different, but no one is saying to the scale, which I'm pretty sure a lot of you were thinking when you saw the title or you see the episode names. I think T I'm going to make your, you said it in the beginning of our conversation, the AB split. And I like that just because the AB split goes from self-care, it goes from your thinking process to deciding yeah. what like the AB split is a formula that is applied in various means yeah right I agree and that's so crazy that we talk about that because even when I look at my businesses not saying that you know I undervalue them but some of them like with intentionally posh I want to keep it very small um grand and large to where you know of course a lot of people can like um access excuse me guys access a lot of resources that we have to offer but those who are truly meant to be up against me I want to be able to still keep that that feel of where people can come and they can communicate with me one-on-one -on -one. like I never want to get so big in that business to where I lose that feel because that's what I built it on now with um Posh Luxury Lab that is my big go big or go home you know because that brand in itself is just for people um even though our mission for that company 
is to um, we give back 20% of the proceeds, 10% goes to small businesses, um, and then another 10% goes to battered women's shelters. So we do have that mission to where, you know, we're serving in this company. And we also um, make sure that, like I said, our products are 100% organic and natural and also that we use nothing but women-owned businesses for our ingredients and products. So some businesses, you just have to know like which ones are your empire, like you were saying. Um, you're, you wanna be in a penthouse and you wanna have a multi-million dollar business. <laughs> and then which ones do you wanna keep that, you know, that small field to? Cause it's okay to have both, but both don't have to be grand. And I think a lot of times when we create businesses, it's like, we want all of them to make a million dollars and we want all of them to be, you know, <laughs> this, that, and the third. And it's like, okay, which okay. one do you, <laughs> right. Let's get okay. Let's get one there first. Once that one is functioning, then we can get the rest there. <laughs> right. I definitely agree. Trying to make all your businesses a million dollars or million dollar businesses at one time together, it's impossible. Unless you have like a team for each one, then I will You have say. to have a team. A, a big, a real team. <laughs> a real, real team. Okay, a real strong team. So I, <laughs> I think that's perfect. But let the boss friends know where they can find you, anything that you have coming up, anything they can support. I'm going to drop everything in the show notes, of course, um, once you finish. But just let us know because, listen, it's 2021 and in order to build empires, we have to support each other. So support. Right. So, yes, um, you can follow the skincare line at Posh Luxury Lab. Um, on Instagram and then the um, you can follow intentionally posh on Instagram Twitter um, and Facebook and from there you can navigate to all the other different the retreat pages and all of that but those are the main two pages to get to um, the main two businesses and then of course you can follow me at Tyani Samira Um, I'm friendly I like to talk so if there's any questions comments concerns you have you just want to say hey you heard me on my good girl podcast um just let me know and yeah yeah it's not embarrassing y'all yeah some good questions if you come i always thought that i'm like please don't embarrass me if you find any of questions please <laughs> yes because i'm gonna be like this gotta be your girl <laughs> yeah like please do not get screenshot and <laughs> Please, please, just just don't. In 2021, we are doing better with our questions. We are doing <laughs> okay. We are coming intentional questions. For intentional <laughs> okay. Well, see, right. I thank you so much for sitting in the boss's seat. I know, you know, it's it's definitely different for being. I've been on the other side too. You know, it's a publicist. I'm behind the scenes. So when people ask to interview me, and I'm like, okay. So I definitely know it is different. Right. Thank you for such an amazing conversation. I'm so excited to see where your business goes in 2021. I know that God is going to bless it. Thank you. This just comes to grow. Thank you. Likewise, sister. So yes. Um, Till next time, I guess. Yes. And that's so funny. I close out just like that. So boss friends, you already know the deal. Thank you for the bossiest friend of the podcast. It's the empire state of mind. You don't want anyone to miss this because we are claiming millions in our names. We are claiming abundance in our businesses and growth and prosperity. So until next time, you already know the types and kisses. And I'm, and I'm so...